Hello, this is Peter Davison. You're listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 471 of Gallifrey Public Radio where you would think after all the run-ins with a noble warrior race, the doctor would figure out an effective and easy-to-explain diplomatic strategy. I'm Haley. I'm Jay. I'm Julie. And I'm Kier. This week, Series 21 of the Classic Era opens with Warriors of the Deep, a deep-sea adventure that combines two the villains Uh, Let's go with adversaries. And a bunch of hot-headed humans. Typical. In 2084, the Earth is on the brink of a global war between two superpowers— In a deep-sea base armed with missile capability, the Doctor, Tegan, and Turlo arrive and are immediately pegged as spies. There's an even bigger problem on the ocean floor as the Silurians that that we haven't seen since the the Pertwee years are reviving and aligning with the Sea Devils. Again, Third Doctor era. uh, To rid the planet of the ape descendants who have clearly botched things up a little bit. To complicate matters, while the Sea Devils and Silurians are blasting their way through the base on the way to the bridge, there are double agents among the humans from the opposing block, trying to use the nerve-wracked sink operator to launch the missiles prematurely. And the Cold War motif kicks into high gear as the reptilian species seem to uh, want to launch the same missiles in some attempt to trigger a mutually assured destruction and take over the then-vacated planet. It's up to the doctor to try and figure out how to defuse the whole situation, but there are some serious difficulties in doing so without eliminating the non-human threats. Civilized race like yours waging unprovoked war. Defensive war, doctor. There is a distinction. Silurian rule forbids any other. Defensive. There's no such thing. When we last met, your supreme wish was to live at peace with the other inhabitants of this planet. Now, why change such an enlightened policy now? Our policy has always been peaceful survival. All that has changed is the means by which it can be achieved. By actions such as we've seen here. You forget. Twice we offered the hand of friendship to these ape descended primitives. And twice we were treacherously attacked. Our people slaughtered. It will not happen again. For all its technical and visual shortcomings, this story is pretty close to home for a mid-80s audience embroiled in a nuclear standoff. Is it possible that Doctor Who touches upon political and social subject matter? What? No. It's never done that before. Freaking ruining this or show with that woke culture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this was very clearly kind of pointed at 
certain things going on geopolitically at the time. And I mean, it, it's not a far stretch to, to look at, you know, Cold War era kind of uh, dynamics and mutually assured destruction and all the fun things that, yeah. that were happening at the time. And this was toned back. I mean, the script went mm-hmm. through repeated edits to trim out a lot of the overtly um, uh, political theme uh, and and pointed nature of this script. Um, it, uh, luckily, I mean, at least they went down to the point of just calling the two sides the blocks, and they didn't yeah. have any names. <laughs> you know? I, I think that in doing so, it lost a little bit of the clarity of what the two sides were, what their goals were. I don't think that it was necessarily wrong, again, just for the timing of it and everything else. But when I think on what the time of this was, it seems like a very weird choice. And having then to kind of cut some of that back to appease kind of the viewer and not scare anyone or, or whatever, which, again, not wrong, but I think it lost some of the poignancy of the story. And uh, I don't know if that helped it. I, I mean, it's interesting because it does kind of make our Earth completely Earth-based conflicts seem like trivial and unimportant because we have these two unnamed size, sides that are opposed for unnamed reasons. And even when faced with like outer forces coming against to destroy both of them, they're still like, no, we are still enemies. On the, on the one hand, it feels like somebody was like, I really want to tell a story that, you know, relates to what is going on currently and how this is a problem and things like that. And someone else was very much like, no, this is Doctor Who. We've got to have aliens in it. We can't just have two warring nations. And <laughs> and it, it somewhere in the wash, it just it all got muddled and washed out and just it didn't have the punch of either story. Because they were trying to to put too much of the other in there or something, and it just but I mean it it did have that nice kind of counterpoint of like, look, you have humans, like you're all the same race that are you know, and you can't even get your stuff together, but then we have two other species here who just like, oh yeah, no you you've got a problem, I've got your back it's and you have that that interesting dichotomy of like even within the the same team of the humans you had traitors and things like that mm-hmm. whereas you had the solid unit of the 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 silurians and the the sea devils just no no cracks in the foundation there it's just it was a, a very solid kind of thing so it was an interesting dichotomy in that aspect but again the the story just didn't have enough there to really make it feel like anything i yeah. think too that you get the moment when the doctor looks at the humans and goes, why do I continue to save you all when this is your behavior? Right. Yeah. Like that one hit, hit hard for me. And I was like, well, I mean, that's today. Like that's real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Davison comes at this one very pointedly, um, which I I know we'll probably get to in a little bit about just his, his particular portrayal in, in this story. But, but yeah, the, the doctor's like losing a lot of patience um, all around for for the situation, not only with the with the humans that he keeps coming across uh, through repeated eras and always having to try and 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 counter the same bad judgment, but also with the alien races as well. Because you know, as he he says to he says when he first references the fact that it's both the Sea Devils and the Silurians, and he talks about how he has failed them both. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this is like this is what's weighing on him at this stage. All the creatures yeah. of Earth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Of all the earths. Yeah. <laughs> right. Above. Well, I mean, below. For, for a story that's it's centered on you know ridding the planet of humans, it's 
it's kind of an interesting choice to bring back not one, but two uh, adversaries that we haven't seen in like a decade. So what what do you think was the reasoning behind that? Why these two? Yeah, they could have just gone with Daleks and had another, right. you know, just irradiate the planet kind of solution. Yeah, but Daleks <laughs> underwater just seems a bit much. What, would, what was the point of them being underwater, though? I mean, the only reason they were underwater was because you had the Silurians and the Sea Devils. Right. Well, from what I understand from uh, from Johnny Byrne's original uh, original premise for it, he wanted an episode that had the the kind of uh, intensity of Earth shock, right? Mm-hmm. One of this, uh, the, the warring factions that were going to cause some catastrophic event, and he wanted to be very action packed um, to the point where you kind of lose a little bit of the science fiction necessarily because it's trying very hard to just be from one fight sequence to another or one one gunfight to another in this particular case. But yeah, it, it, it could have put it anywhere. But I don't know the the rationale for just putting it at the bottom of the sea so you can bring the sea devils into it, of all the, or, or just you mm-hmm. could have introduced a new, well, a, the, a new species. The nice thing about using the sea devils and the Silurians in particular, and how they were used in this episode, is they become very sympathetic because they just want their planet back, and the humans are doing a right. terrible job with it. And at the end of it, you're like, I mean, was it really worth it for the doctor to save the humans? Because I know they're us, but like. Us is kind of D-bags. Right. Yeah. Which seems to True. happen in every yeah. Silurian and Sea <laughs> Devil story. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah. you use the Daleks as the enemy and it's like, not so much the case. Right. Well, it's not even their world. They're trying yeah. to take it then. So right. yeah, if you're yeah. Or Cybermen or Santarans or whatever. Like, right. if you're literally anything except for these who yeah. also have lived here. So yep. that would be the reasoning, I think. Yeah. It also touches on, at the time even, like underwater... I mean, it was more submarines at the time, but, you know, launching missiles from other locations as, like, the mutually assured destruction part. Like, even if you destroy our nation, like, we still have these remote missile bases that will destroy you as well. Oh, yeah. I remember the scares during the mm-hmm. the, the mid-80s or so. And granted, uh, no, I've lived in Connecticut for, for quite some time, and I was living in Connecticut in the, in the mid-80s, where we've got the, the Groton submarine base. Mm-hmm. Which at the time I remember reading on a newspaper article when I was a kid, and and seeing that they were saying you know or it wasn't uh, maybe it was like uh, Newsweek or something like that when it talked about the first ten places that are going to get hit when the missiles fly, <laughs> and Connecticut was on there like the what? And, People are like, where's that? <laughs> you know, you know that little dongle on the end of New York. I'm like, oh, oh, because of the submarine base. So everyone was really mm-hmm. cognizant of that sort of thing. Yeah, that's, I, I get it. No. But as far as like th- the using a pair of them instead of just one, that's I, that's an interesting. Well, I like Haley said. I was going to say I think the writer probably just really wanted to do something with both of them and knew they wouldn't get another shot. <laughs> From a storytelling perspective, though, I think it does, as Haley said, make them both more sympathetic. They are willing to work together, and it gives you the dichotomy of them as a two separate races have their place and can work together and the humans are a third saying nah no way hands down our internal divisions are more important than our mutual enemy right and then you've got the the sea devils and silurians like well the enemy of my enemy is my friend so yeah (laughs) or from the human perspective the enemy of my enemy is even more enemies Ah! (laughs) destroy this disc run away with it The writer of the cast and a large part of the crew had issues with BBC decisions that altered or in some way impeded the production of the serial. 
The end result was a story that works on paper, but arguably doesn't work in the filming of it. What's one practical thing that you would have changed that could have made the story more effective as a sci-fi suspense thriller? One thing. <laughs> um, I, I mean, the the whole thing with the, the, the sink officer who was being mind-controlled and what, like, that felt like uh, it took up a lot of screen time for no reason whatsoever. Like, it really didn't do much at the end it was just like oh well it maybe it slowed the silurians down a little bit but i i think the yeah. only reason for that was that you had to eliminate him at the end so the doctor was the one that was in that position but you don't need him on screen for three stories doing random stuff to get to that point right i right. have to move this card down here and this card down up here and right yeah but it's gonna take like full three minutes but, How do but they computers work? am i right computers on <laughs> right. the screen right uh, that was it was kind of cool to see now granted they again to your point they could have done done away with the sync operator in which case the doctor would have just had to do some some uh, at the console jiggery pokery to to hack into the system kind of thing mm-hmm. um but but the idea of being like wired in and him navigating it through his subconscious mind like that was pretty yeah. advanced it didn't yeah, convey I, yeah. well no i'm not saying like eliminate the sync operator entirely but i don't think he needs to carry through as much of the story as he did to still Until end up with the doctor yeah. there True. You introduce yeah. him in the second section and have him do everything all within that, and then that's all he needs to be there for, really, instead of continually. Mm. And the the control knobby could have been just like murder your friend, which was established, right. and then mm-hmm. like that's all you need to see. Really, you don't need to continue to see him. Yeah, trying to change wires, do gears, whatever else. Yeah, yeah. I think I personally would have changed the way the uh, the double agents were utilized, mm. especially the kung fu kicking oh, German God. doctor. That was so bad. All right, that has oh. become that that actual footage that kick became part of the of the uh, I'm not gonna call it a blooper reel, but it was like the torpedo reel that um, that a bunch of execs put together to try and axe the show. <laughs> they put that along with other things and say, "Look at what the show has become. Take it off the air." But anyway, so but but no, I mean, if they had like done away with instead of being double agents, if there could have been like all the humans you saw there were all from one side, but they were like taking fire or something that that mm-hmm. established the threat from the other side, and didn't have to bother with you know extraneous characters on the inside that were dead by episode three and didn't matter anyway. Um, I think we would have been a little bit better at focusing on what really mattered. Or, and this might have been a more modern storytelling method, but to have the double agents, but have them be more sympathetic, not quite so mustache twirling villain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. True. So I'll say one thing I was going to, I would keep is the way that they got rid of the big monster walking down the hallway with the light beam. Mm. I I liked that. And then how it, came back later and then one thing i would change is what the heck is up with climbing through all the air ducts because they did that once and then just ran up and down the hallway well because it's turlo and if turlo doesn't climb through a duct it's like contractually obligated it's like susan's ankle (laughs) it's gotta be twisted but i just like that they climbed through and then back out of something a couple of times. Like, yeah. once you got out, you don't have to go back in. That's done. They, we snuck through, found the doctor, 
snuck back in and then ran back around the hallway to where we just were. Yes, that's, that happens a lot. Correct. That is that is what my point would be. It's just, oh. I mean, it was I liked those ducks. It was. It was. And the hiking of people up and like, they're, they had a chair. But no, let me lift you. That's great. Let me lift you. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but any other thoughts on on the on the one aspect? Did everybody did everybody chip in your one? Or Julie, you said you defend one, but what would be the one you would change? I said no more air ducts. Oh no, no more. I, the, practically, <laughs> no, no more. I don't think the air ducts were necessary. I feel they could have picked a lock and then just done more running through the hallways instead of <laughs> lifting, climbing, removing doors, knocking, almost knocking over sets. That also if, would have saved some of the budget on the set design because no more ducts. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Those walls uh, had to be pretty sturdy for people was, to climb up I, and speaking in. Speaking of sturdy walls, the one that was on Tegan, that is the one thing that I would change. Let's make it look yes, like that is yeah. not made entirely of styrofoam. Yeah. Uh, not, not even oh, styrofoam. It, it, it didn't even, yeah. It's like she it would like, shift a little like and it styrofoam. would wobble and then the doctor would be like, oh, I can't lift it. It was yeah. like, it was mattress foam because when <laughs> the murder right. comes busting through, they're like bending it. And granted, I mean, I feel so bad. The Merca thing was such a disaster. It was such oh, a yeah. disaster on set. And people were so pissed at it. They were still gluing it and painting it like an hour before they started filming. Every time it would walk past the doorway, it left a green streak of paint on it. That's that's slime and muck sure, sure coming it was. off yeah. Yeah. from, yeah. It was because from yeah, the it's algae. Algae that's, from yeah. being yeah. in the fish tank outside. And it was being puppeteered by two guys who literally their job was to do a pantomime horse on another BBC show. So that's why it just moved around like dorp, dorp, dorp. It was well, just a mistake. It could have been a camel. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the writer wanted the whole, the whole story to be darker and they gave him these bright lit white corridors that shows mm-hmm. off everything that you mm-hmm. didn't really want to see like the zippers on the back of the sea devils and stuff like that yeah that would have worked well as like an underwater story kind of like when we yeah. got the ice warriors returning on the submarine in modern who mm-hmm. right that's exactly in fact i gotta wonder whether that when they did cold war when they did that episode whether they weren't actually trying to find some way to sort of pay homage to what uh johnny Byrne originally wanted because he wanted a rusty dark yeah. submarine look mm-hmm. And he got nothing even close to that. But that would have made yeah, no, it more it, suspenseful. It, it was the 80s. Everything that was very bright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was during this particular uh, filming sequence uh, for these stories that both Peter Davison and Janet Fielding gave the announcement uh, to their superiors that they would be departing the show later that season. So they have... Uh, in, Spoilers. In, Look it up. It's fact. <laughs> I'm sorry if you can't read the article. Um, have Have you met Julie? <laughs> I don't want to know nothing about nothing. She didn't know IMDb was a website. <laughs> what? So, so they have both since uh, given uh, repeatedly their their reasons for that particular timing. But did you get kind of any telegraphing in their performances that they had in any way sort of changed their mind or or checked out or was there anything different in in what the two of them were bringing to screen at this point? Davison's doctor was just fed up with, with everything most of the time. Um, but I mean, that, that kind of fit the story. So it, you know, not knowing the inside baseball, it, it kind of fits. Tegan just, there were definitely moments where it was just like, you felt like Janet Fielding was like, well, I showed up to work today. Mm. That's what you get. Yeah. I mean, she was exasperated with Turlow most of the time, but so was I. So uh, <laughs> that tracks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would not 
have known that that was an announcement that was made just based on watching it, the timing really? of it. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. I don't think that I noticed anything different other than just like, I mean, I could make a joke about it, but yeah, like he was just exasperated with the whole scenario, but right. I would say that's part of just what was happening in the episode, not necessarily yeah. them as humans behind their characters. Right, right. Kind of a hindsight thing, you might be able to suss it out, but it wasn't like you sat back and said, huh, didn't seem like they were all there yeah. for that story. Okay. If it continues <laughs> and the story doesn't ask for it, mm. then I would say tracking back, this could be a moment you could point to, but uh-huh. not having seen what comes next, I'm, I wouldn't be able to say if I think it's... Um, a symptom of that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So wrapping up, let's not go through the rewatchable and recommendable calls on this one. And instead, <laughs> let's focus on some happy things in the news cycle these past couple weeks. It's the only one that really bears discussing. Um, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And it was right, uh, you know, again, once again, whenever Russell T. Davies says, all right, we're going to cool off on the announcements for a little while and kind of focus on production. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Lies. Yeah. That, that's, that's just giving him enough time to, like, climb up on the tightrope, get his balance bar, start spinning the hula hoop around his midsection, you know, light the torches. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's joining the show now? None other than Neil Patrick Harris. Dr. But Horrible. Who? Um, Why? <laughs> and what is he playing? <laughs> well, that's the fun part because this is all, you know, it all got worked out. The press release was was all done with a photo mm-hmm. that everyone thought for a second, oh, you know, was that, is that from another production he's done? That looked, you know, was it Count Olaf from, you know, Series of Unfortunate Events, which if you haven't watched, mm-hmm. please do because he just eats scenery like it has barbecue oh, sauce God, on it. so great. But, but no, this, I think, is his character costume with this mm-hmm. Pompadour hair <laughs> style thing and the, and the spectacles. I mean, the, the jokes have already started coming yeah, around about Ponsnay. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> what he's going to be playing in particular. But there's also the fact that the uh, that that Russell puts a very specific line in his description. Uh, you know, talking about you know, oh, who, why, what is he playing? You know, but, uh, we're going to be shooting all this crazy stuff. Doctor, beware! So, villain? Yes. Yeah. Well, because later something, I, I don't remember exactly what it says, and I'll see if I can find it to include in the, the show notes, but um, it did come up that, like, something was said about him playing the, the biggest villain ever or something like that. Oh, yeah. Which John Sim responded, like, ever? And, <laughs> and Davies had to correct and be like, ever this year. <laughs> <laughs> ever minus you and you and you and all right, all right. Mostly me so, yes. and you. So he, Mostly me. He is going to be playing a villain, which I am super excited about because Neil Patrick Harris playing a bad guy is just so fantastic. Right. Yeah. They. He's. It looks to be wearing like a a bit of a leather apron kind of thing, like he's a tool maker or a tinkerer of some sort. And so a bunch of people started saying, "Oh, celestial toy maker is that going to be this mm. kind of thing?" You know, um, or is it going to be you know, who knows what? I personally don't care um I, i'm willing to watch anything uh or, or any amount of involvement um i don't know it's, it's going to go back to something i'm, I'm sure we're going to be discussing in the next episode but is the the roster is getting a little full it's getting big right i yeah. want two hours is all i'm saying well i, I mean at minimum yeah 
and that's why I think the the nature of uh, of what we're will, we will be discussing has to do with the fact that a lot of these press releases coming out lately aren't calling it the 60th anniversary special. They're saying that so and so and so and so and this announcement and that announcement are all shooting scenes to be used as part of the 60th anniversary celebrations and things like that. So they're not they're not boxing it into anything in particular. So I well, think that bears further discussion. I also wonder, I mean, we can save this for later, but like when the 50th came out, other things came out around the special that were not, you know, the special, but mm. part of the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or any of the times when they've done uh, the, the phantom events and done the cinematic uh, broadcast and things like that, they've, they've added additional material either newly produced or things that were going to be put forth on uh, Blu-ray releases and things like that that were new to the public. Webisodes as well. Yeah. So there's just more. Hashtag revive the webisode. Yeah. Revivify. I I just want to say for anyone who's listening to this and can't see every time Jay says that he's like looking around the room like it's coming back. It's going to be there. (laughs) Webisodes. Like it's going to be this this, this string of pixies floating around his head. A webisode for you. Like every time I look up and I see just... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm waiting. It's a magical thing. <laughs> it is. Fairy godmother, Russell T. Davies says, and so you shall. <laughs> Bing! Box him with, a, with a wand. There you go. Well, that, that kind of leads us into what we're going to be talking about next time. Um, with with everything with actual news coming our way for the first time in who knows how long, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna do what Hoovians do best, and we're gonna speculate about what is coming uh, our way over the the next year. Um, you know, is it is it gonna be like you know just the one big special, or are we going to get webisodes? Are we gonna get all kinds of crazy stuff going on? Where do all of these guests fit in? Are there going to be more now? So yeah, we're just we're gonna dive right in. So please absolutely share your thoughts with us because we we want to know what what everyone else is thinking too because we we kind of get lost in our own little you know microcosm here. But it's true. But we also we, we want to be cognizant of the fact that we still have our our fall special this year mm-hmm. to see thirteen out, which leaves things kind of you know how how do you handle the um, the the anniversary year. Uh, or I should say that I'm going to have to figure out what a 60th anniversary is called. It's there's going to be a word for it, and somebody's <laughs> going to correct me. It's probably going to be Badger, but whatever. But um, th- you know, the fact that it, it, there has to be something in there that kind of connects it. It would feel a little disjointed if you see 13 out, and then you know the all of a sudden you jump to a totally different tone and a story, and then it jumps back in later on uh, with the with picking up 14. So that 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 little blip in the in the record has to be kind of addressed too so lots of stuff to hypothesize about all right well this has been episode 471 of gallifrey public radio until next week this is jay saying i'm i'm getting ready for an invasion so let's all practice walking up and down the hallway kind of lazily holding our guns (laughs) so slowly (laughs) and this is Kier saying you know 10 years of these two off screen and i still cannot understand a word that they are saying (laughs) This is Julie saying, I now have new inspiration for all of my eye makeup. (laughs) And this is Haley saying, oh, goodness, look at my wrist. I have to go. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.
Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR, and you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. Everything's got to end sometime, otherwise nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode. See you next week.